recording in progress how you doing Kiki Uh, I'm pretty good how are you Stacia I'm doing good I'm getting into the magical new moon and Libra vine vibes 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 which is also vines and vibes because I do like plants (laughs) and it's your sign new moon so that's exciting yes yes it is thank you for remembering (laughs) but of course one of the few things I can remember birthdays I'm really good at remembering birthdays I guess that's it is useful no I'm gonna claim that it is useful that's that's a skill um hello everyone uh and uh, welcome to pigments of our imagination um so nice to uh be back in your ears yeah (laughs) back at the lab for our adoring fans and i mean and just buckle up because we're gonna talk about covid it's gonna be fun (laughs) (laughs) that sounded so ominous Oh, I know. No, it is going to be fun, though. As, as ominous as the pandemic is. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I don't, you know, how else are you going to go into it? It's like, say the word fun, but with the tone. <clears throat> Miss Rona. It's not cute, though. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's not. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> oh, did you see also that? Uh, so I tentatively put that we should title this apocalypse now. <laughs> no, I did not. I, oh, I missed. Oh, no, I, I do see it. I do see it. I think um, I'm cheeky sometimes. Oh, gosh, what a slow burn apocalypse this has been and continues to be. Um, wow. Do you want to do you want to take us in a, a, a bit or oh, should we do our check in or? Yeah, let's let's do a quick check in and then I can sort of give a primer for the episode topic. You go um, first. Oh, okay. Uh I am doing I I'm doing pretty okay in this moment. I'm really trying to you know, focus right on the moment that I'm literally speaking about right now and I am doing good. I feel like I had a nice day. I am fed. I am happy to be talking to you and my brain is not doing anything like acrobatics right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been, it's the, I, the week has been up and down. The week has been all over the place. Uh, lots of, lots of dysregulation, but lots of moments of being regulated also, which I'm super grateful for. So uh, yeah. How about you, darling? Can I just say that, and obviously a podcast is not a visual medium, uh, but for our listeners, Kiki has this magical, like, purpley lavender glow that, like, gives this, like, magical, like, fairy vibe right now that I'm really feeling. I'm digging the purple glow to your skin right now. So much. And and also for our listeners, I would like to say that Stacia right now appears to be in a field of beautiful sunflowers in a with a lovely sky and 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 it's it's really doing so I think it's giving me dopamine. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I'm I'm so, loving this magic vibe. Yeah, we um, look great, everybody. <laughs> um, how am I doing? Um you know, I'm doing okay. Um, I 
had a pretty dysregulated weekend, um, which always, for me, it's always like, if I can't pinpoint the reason why I'm, which is totally like patriarchal, uh, rationality kind of brainwashing to like feel like I need to have some like rational explanation as to why I'm feeling all the feelings and um and so anyways I was really dysregulated this weekend and I was even more dysregulated by the fact that I couldn't identify why I was feeling that um but you know throughout this week I feel like I've balanced out and um I felt kind of like more optimistic as we're kind of like really getting into the fall season. And so I'm very grateful for that. And also every time that I'm going through it, it also reminds me how grateful I am to have people like you in my life who really help to be my foundational rocks of like emotional stability. Cause sometimes just like, you know, just knowing that there's people there, even if they can't necessarily say anything that makes you feel better just the energy of knowing that somebody has you on their heart and mind when they know that you're going through it does a world of magic and I'm grateful for it okay you've got to warn somebody before you're going to make them cry <laughs> I really feel that like I, I I feel so so the same it's uh so mutual um and you know and that kind of is a good segue, I think, into uh, why we kind of wanted to talk about the pandemic. Um, I think both of us have really relied on each other, um, especially given the isolation that comes with our, you know, shared disabilities and limited mobility and stuff. We really relied on each other. And um, so we thought it would be good to do a podcast episode just talking about some aspects of the pandemic and kind of how we've been coping with that trauma individually and collectively. Um, because one thing that both of us have kind of identified in each, with each other is that like, we try and have compassion for folks who are kind of dissociating from the reality that we are in a global pandemic and then it continues. Um, because it's kind of, dissociation is is a trauma response um mm -hmm. and so anyways we thought it would be a cathartic um some cathartic work for us to just sort of talk about our own experiences of uh the pandemic with each other for the podcast yep yep did i miss anything uh no that sounded great to me cool so the first question i uh we've got is uh, what have you learned or gained during the pandemic and quarantine? Would you like to go first? Uh, I can. Or I mean, can. or I can. Oh, we're going to get stuck in consideration station here. <laughs> we always do that. <laughs> um, uh, I can try to go first. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. What have I learned or gained during the pandemic and quarantine? Well, because I went into the pandemic coming out of a very long, intense, depressive episode already, it, I really was already needing to kind of come up with the basic scaffolding of self-care and, and mm -hmm. just day-to-day -day life anyway. And so when 
the pandemic hit and we went into quote unquote quarantine because it wasn't really a full, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when, when all of that happened, I um, really set up a decent routine, which I hadn't had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it's not that the, it wasn't necessarily because of the pandemic that that, that happened, but oddly, it did give me the space to do that, which mm-hmm. I can kind of touch mm-hmm. on that later in terms of like how I've reacted to the whole thing. Um, but I think I gained both those basic day-to-day skills and had to get a lot better at asking people for different kinds of support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I do have a bit more of a skill set in that department now. And I do think the circumstances of, of COVID have been part of what let me do that. Um, let's see. Oh God, what have I learned? Well, I don't, I, you know, I'd honestly, I don't, I, I was looking at that earlier and I don't even know where to start with that answer. Um, <laughs> I have learned, you know what, I'm not even going to try. I was about, you know what I was about to say? I was about to say, I have learned that humans are a very complex, nuanced bunch of creatures. And I was like, that is the most broad. And I already oh, knew I it. feel what you're saying, though, that like, I think sometimes we forget the complexity of like, what it means to be human creatures if I'm hearing you right and to try, yeah and to try to care for e- each other and to try to have compassion for each other's circumstances while still holding each other accountable for things yeah that has been a whole different kind of social experiment and I think um I, I'm still and I'm still learning but I think that and and not all the lessons have been, you know, it's not been uh, fun, all of it, but important probably for growing as a as a as a being, <laughs> an interdependent being. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I can. I think I can stop there for now. Um. So what have I learned or gained during the pandemic and quarantine? Um, I think. I I definitely gained an appreciation for the importance of interdependence um, and interdependence in more nuanced ways than I understood before. Um, I think I, before I thought very much so of like the traditional aspects of of the importance of interdependence, like, you know, staying connected to family, because I guess you're supposed to or whatever. <laughs> no, but I mean like, you know, familial ties and, you know, people who are part of your direct care network is what I kind of always thought about with interdependence. But the pandemic sort of made me have a meditation on like how we all have interdependence on each other collectively and especially the people in your community in some way or another. It's just that like, capitalism obscures that Mm -hmm. and so the pandemic has made me think about like 
especially how I rely on people, how important emotional, spiritual, energetic interdependence is and how that's like in many ways way more like powerful a level of interdependence than the like just the material like I rely on this person for rides or whatever not that those things aren't valuable not that the material kind of interdependence isn't valuable but the pandemic has taught me to really value and see the the shape and grandeur of like you know emotional spiritual um kind of interdependence with people uh and made me kind of make time and space for it in a in a different way than I was before um I also think I learned by way of force that the sort of mind-body connection is real and as a you know a a person who has experienced trauma, you know, dissociation is a tactic that one can have. And I think that I dissociate more than I realize, um, Mm -hmm. as just like an intuitive coping mechanism. Um, and also we're kind of primed to do that by the way our culture is structured. And so I've had to, in many ways, frustratingly have more time and space for just like quietude and I know that I've been needing it and I know that it feels good when I actually let myself kind of submit to trying to have quiet um but it's been a real struggle and I I think the first step is that I've like become aware of the struggle rather than like telling myself this lie that like oh like I can meditate I can take time for quiet I just don't need to right now or I just like have all these mental emotional tricks that I'll tell myself about like not making time for being like I'm gonna at minimum do 20 minutes of meditation like just quietly I always like make excuses um not always but a lot of times I'll I have made excuses to not have time and space in my life for quietude and I think the pandemic has made me have to like make time and space for it because somatically my body just you know it's changed in the ways that it responds to emotional like challenges and stress um in a way where like I'll physically not be able to like push through um and so I think you know just learning to make time and space for being present is something that I have learned more deeply about and learned to observe more deeply in myself through uh, the pandemic. And I'll say the the last major thing that I have reflected on that I've gained um, is how judgment is like such a karma mirror. (laughs) Like I definitely go, but like that also we can't, like pretending like you don't have the feelings that you feel about something doesn't erase your judgment. It just kind of pushes it down. And I think in navigating the way I feel about differing levels of like people's um, safety measures and precautions, um, I've just spent a lot of time trying to work through it and like work through like, how do I feel my feelings of like anger and frustration but also like realize that like when I'm judging people that 
is also things that I'm judging about myself because we're all we're all making doing complicated decision making about what is our level of precaution and so anyways I don't know yep. if that makes sense but that's no, kind of risk assessment probably is a skill we've all been having to uh brush up on you know on one level or another and figuring out how to have space for each other's uh risk assessment and again and and hold each other you know like try to hold each other accountable for like the well-being of the most marginalized people Um, yeah absolutely uh it's a challenge, but I think for those of us who are really trying our best to like find a middle path, like I think we're finding grace in that, you know, grace for ourselves and grace for others, um, you know. Yeah, which uh, I think kind of leads into the next segment uh, asking, you know, what are some of the most challenging aspects of the pandemic for us personally? Um, and uh, do you want do you want to go first on this one since I went first last time or sure I can. Um, you and I both have talked about this challenge extensively, especially when we were much more like state sanctioned kind of like shelter in place or whatever. But um, like the the touch starvation and like social isolation, like in like physical interaction that definitely was the one of the most challenging aspects for me when you know we were sheltering in place I will say hands down like and you and I have talked about how like you know maybe there's something about like our visual disabilities and the way we are maybe neurodivergent and also like how our tactile sensation is maybe different than other people but how like you know, we related to like really feeling deep sorrow about like being touch starved. And, you know, it's not like I've never experienced that before, but it was like magnified from any previous experience that I had. And then the uncertainty of not knowing how long it would persist just kind of like, you know, intensified it. And it's better now uh, to a certain extent but that feeling still kind of lingers in for me personally in that I still feel uncertainty about socializing um, in circumstances that aren't like somewhat social distances, social distanced when it's like larger than a few people. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes that ebbs and wanes or whatever, you know, like sometimes it changes like how I feel about socializing with people, but it's a challenge because I don't have a rigid framework, I guess, for like what I feel comfortable with. And so it's just been really challenging because I've kind of deferred to being more socially isolated than kind of going back to business as usual. And it's just, it's changing the way I relate to the world because I'm used to socializing pretty regularly at least or at least feeling like I have more control over when I can or can't sure sure yeah absolutely um well I mean I I would say first off that I have had 
certainly a far less challenging pandemic experience than even people I know. And certainly, you know, obviously in the larger scope of things, you know, I had, I wasn't made to work. I was not, a, you know, I'm not a frontline worker. So my challenges have, have largely been the, as you said, the more ta- the somatic and, and existential challenges of, of being isolated and of having to sort of, and also of witnessing all this, a lot of ambient death uh, occurring all all the time. Um, You know, that kind of, you know, I I say ambient, ambient because, you know, it's just kind of there all the time. And Mm -hmm. then sometimes it gets louder. Um, And that, that's certainly been uh, (laughs) a challenge the whole time. And um, watching, I mean, it's not, and of course, this it's not that this has been a surprise, but watching how it has played out to most disproportionately affect the most marginalized people has Mm been, you know, very intense to watch the whole time and continues to be so. Um, and so that, you know, on a larger scale that those have been challenges and, and then, yes, certainly the touch, the touch, the touch starved thing just started to make me, I mean, I was ready to, and I'm going to just go and say this on this podcast. I was ready to, I'm sitting here watching Buffy being like, yeah, I guess I'd make out with David Boreanaz. Like getting real, real rough. (laughs) Like, I, I, since my head started to go, I was just like, if he appeared in my room right now, I, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Desperate uh, times. Yeah, I know. And anybody, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you really don't even need to go look. It's just, <laughs> there's really no for you to, to, to find out, but just know that it, that, that meant that I was in dire straits. Right. Um, uh, and yeah, that the the, the touch starve, not knowing. Uh, I think anybody with I forget which one of my very wise friends at the very beginning of the pandemic was like, "Oh, everybody with like anxious attachment styles, probably not doing so well right now." <laughs> um, that would be uh, positive. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I I don't I, I hate I hate to keep bringing up things that require people like what's anxious attachment style like I don't need to just keep throwing around therapy jargon and stuff but I um I that was a challenge for me certainly to be like I don't know when I'm gonna get to see people again and and or if even um and you know I think uh, I think just any the 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 challenges of being a, a disabled human in society continue to be so although I guess maybe the, I can talk about this in a different place but I mean in some ways as you know there were some things that bizarrely got easier for disabled folks because mm-hmm. all of a sudden everyone else was having to deal with a life that was had less slower. accessibility yeah yeah less accessibility and then you know capitalism moved to it's like oh my gosh we can totally accommodate that turns mm-hmm. out <laughs> yeah um, but um you know, the challenges, if you're disabled and you're already isolated, a pandemic happening isn't, like, going to help you be less isolated, <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. 
although you know um uh, I don't want to get too off track but I, at some point I want to talk about that thing where all of us who have anxiety or at least I had the experience of being someone with anxiety who kind of like had a brief chill window when everything happened because mm-hmm. suddenly I, the, the the world matched up with what's kind of going yeah, on. Yeah, it kind of had a vibrational balance. You're like, come to my level of anxiety. <laughs> oh, yes. This is how it always seems to me. And now everyone else is here too. Sorry about Welcome. that. Welcome. But... Y'all late. <laughs> <laughs> I've been anxious, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was I've got so many skills to deal with this um yeah uh, that I, I I that that I, I guess it doesn't count as a challenge that was but I wouldn't call it a perk either um let's see wow let me try to rein myself well, can, back in uh, can I say one oh. thing that you just brought up for me also that oh, I forgot please. about is I I probably repressed wanting to talk about it but now I've remembered <laughs> um on the disabled tip, you know, so I worked my same job, which was nonprofit management, um, during a good chunk of the first part of the pandemic. Um, and so that was challenging for multiple reasons. Like I was so grateful to have a job. Um, but like physically, I think the pressure of having so much screen time, not having nearly as much time to be well because I was at the computer for such a long period of time like typically in my work I'd be going to meetings and walking around and riding the bus or riding the train you know I'd be from I'd move be moving through the material world and I feel like that kind of gives a buffer between screen time to like allow my body to adjust or whatever but being constantly at, at the computer just like really affected my body in ways that I didn't anticipate but then I had this like for lack of a better term like survivor's remorse about like keeping my job so like I'd be like well you have a job you have like a decent salary job so you have to keep this job because like some people don't have jobs and like you've worked so hard to maintain this independence and you symbolize all these things by having this job in this field. So like, you have to keep working, even though my body was like screaming to me that this wasn't sustainable. So that was probably the hardest blow to me, to be honest, um, is like having to like my body forcibly, like not allow me to continue forcing it to do this work that I wanted it to do. Um, and just like having to submit to being like, okay, like I didn't anticipate this. I'm so used to kind of writing things out and being in control, which is really just like dissociating from my body and repressing like what my body is feeling. I've been so used to controlling my body in that way and I couldn't do it during the pandemic anymore. And just like having to do the trust fall into like what it means to have to adapt and change uh, that that's probably one of the most challenging aspects for me to be quite honest and of course like I hate for you to have to have suffered like that but part of me is I mean of course glad that you also glad that you then have the opportunity to to not have to ignore your body and what it yeah yeah it was a hard but beautiful lesson for me is that like 
you gotta listen to like your somatic response because if you just you know like stress is the number one killer we forget to you know it exacerbates everything else and so if we don't prioritize like our body system uh, it has consequences physically and emotionally yeah yeah well speaking of another challenge having to watch so many people not be able to cycle through what are very natural stress responses to being in a pandemic literally not having time or space to be able to cycle through a stress response which is uh how your body reacts in uh traumatizing situations and if (laughs) that that is you know that's hard to to watch yeah Um, that's that is that has been a really, really challenging thing to both watch and to feel empathically, you know, to feel the collective struggle with that and to have to contemplate like folks who are like, you know, who are actually having to be out and about in the world and trying to have compassion for that circumstance and also have compassion for yourself and how scared you are. It's a lot to juggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it takes, uh, it takes a lot to juggle that. And I, I think in terms of, I guess we've kind of already talked about how it's affected, how we socialize and relate to other people that kind of, I don't know, that's kind of a through line through all of it. Um, but I would say, I mean, we could also, if you feel ready, I feel like this is easy because we've been talking about challenges to shift into talking about the go-to uh, coping mechanisms also. Yeah, sure. If we feel ready to move. Yeah. Uh, we can also go back, you know? This doesn't yeah, have yeah, to yeah. Be we can meander. It's just a guide guide rail. What if I my go-to coping mechanisms? I feel like I can't really just like, I mean, I could say all of them out loud. I just have to decide how embarrassed I'm willing to be. Um about what tell us about. everything uh, um i mean certainly a lot of oh, oh i mean I masturbation for me <laughs> well, yes. well that actually that was that wasn't going to be the first thing on the list but yes yes um right up there like obviously consuming a ungodly amount of media um has been my go-to mechanisms just like podcasts shows shows i haven't seen shows i've already seen uh, you know lots and lots of distractions um Mm -hmm. and i did and i started practicing yoga again during um the pandemic with um jessamine stanley shout out um, yoga um and i that has been extremely helpful for me I'm not one of those people who's like everybody start doing yoga it'll affect your life however for my little joint lax body and person who doesn't breathe properly a lot of the time it is one of the best ways for me to consistently keep my nervous system regulated and my body from not feeling like a total little pile of screws and rope um but you really inspire me with the yoga and honestly one of these days I will have consistent practice but like I don't know why I'm so stubborn about it I mean it's not it's not for everyone you know I mean and I thought that sounded so I don't mean it's not for everyone I just mean like it doesn't no, have I feel to be. you I feel like sometimes people are really like 
pushy about yoga just being ubiquitously good for everyone's body all yeah. the time. That's right. just, and I, I just try to make, let people know, like, maybe you probably get this, you don't have to. But obviously, like, uh, everyone should be doing what they want with their bodies. But yeah, yoga has certainly been um, a a go-to. Um, sorry, so caught up on this. I'm like, everyone should be able to do what they want with their bodies. With, with, but, and, and, then, and then, no, you don't have to go down <laughs> five million fucking Kiki Schreiber. Uh, so uh, definitely, I mean, well, as you know, like reaching out to the support network that I do have and mm-hmm. um, really trying to get unselfconscious about needing that support network and actually calling on them. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to cheerlead you for definitely, I feel like I've seen you lean more into, I don't know, at least reaching out to me and you know we'll leave each other voice memos all the time and you'll be like I want to delete this but I'm not going to and I just except love once <laughs> <laughs> except when you do uh but either way like I feel like we both have been working really hard to kind of I don't know disrupt feeling shameful about like reaching out to each other yeah yeah because yeah other other people's comfort has been a go-to coping mechanism and I am so grateful that I have had that you know despite my level of um isolation and have I gained any new ones um I I think just maybe I don't know if there was anything that has well no actually what am I talking about I gained a whole bunch of new ones because I did um uh somatic uh voice therapy with um Anastasia and I can't think of her last name off the top of my head because I only ever call her Anastasia but the her practice is being vocal freedom and I was really lucky to get to work with her and so I learned a whole bunch of um somatic exercises uh just little ways of moving my body or not moving my body breath work um that I use every day at this point um so yeah I've I have gained a whole and just a general like I am so much more despite how much everything about this pandemic makes me want to dissociate and now that I know the level to which I I didn't realize how much I do and have dissociated throughout my life um but I honestly have felt more in my body probably in in the last year than I have in a long time I relate to that yeah with what with a lot of effort you know but that is um I feel I feel like that's something I can say with certainty is that I'm more in my body now than I may have been at at any other time in my life besides being a small child (laughs) maybe you know right um so yeah that's 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 me so how about you um covered masturbation (laughs) masturbation number one Um, number (laughs) number one on the list top of the charts um uh dance has definitely been um a coping mechanism for me that I have had for a long time um but you know I used to regularly go to like 
uh, events where I would sort of dance for a long time. I'd go to the rave and have catharsis through dance. And since I couldn't do that during pandemic, I really got into playing just dance. And like for a spell there, I was doing it pretty religiously for like, actually right after I quit my job, I started having a practice where I would just like dance until I was exhausted. Like I'd just dance for a couple hours until I couldn't dance anymore. Um, because I just intuitively felt like I need to get into my body and like stop just like the spinning, you know, the spiral of, of thinking about like the consequences of leaving something that clearly wasn't working. Um, so dance and like using just dance and then my partner got me this like expanded one where it has all the just dances so like I can't even get bored because it's not even just the uh, 2020 just dance it's like the whole catalog of just dance um so I'm really fortunate to have that as a resource um that really really has been a, a major coping strategy for me um I think uh, trying to make more time for doing mindfulness activities has been a coping strategy that I, as I was mentioning that I've like kind of made more, I've had space to make more time and space for it in, in my world, uh, which has been helpful. And I've been able to, I think, see the impacts of it because I'm like, still and quiet enough and like more because I'm at home I'm able to be a little bit more introspective and see the shifts in myself more clearly it's like I think when I was like you know working and like traveling and doing all this stuff I was trying to incorporate like you know deep breathing and other mindfulness and somatic practices into my excuse my phone uh, into my world, but it was very easy to like get distracted from it and then not really see the benefits of it and then not prioritize it because I'm like, this isn't doing anything. But for me, at least there's kind of like a lag in my like energy metabolism. So it's not like I see the, the feedback of doing it immediately. It's like later on in the day or the next day, I'll be like, wow, I feel like way more clear headed and like less like scattered and more emotionally still or whatever. Um, uh, and definitely spending time really connecting with the, the people who I are part of my like care network uh, is something that I have leaned more heavily into and like, you know, just having a couple hour long conversations sometimes and like, really making it a practice to make time and space to connect with with people because I don't know the pandemic has made me it seems like I have fewer people that I'm like deeply connected to and part of that is my fault or not fault or whatever but like regardless uh, I feel like the the people who I am close to and communicate with regularly I've just gone deeper into those relationships in a way that's been um really gratifying as a, a coping mechanism uh, I think those are probably the I mean and binge watching like you know a ridiculous amount of fucking streaming media all right keep you clear my throat. <laughs>
Um, and do I have any new ones? I don't know that. I, oh, one new one is that I started playing uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons with some people because I am a nerd and I claim it. Uh, and so we play outside. So that's been a nice way to like socially distance, but also dissociate in a positive fantasy oriented way. I feel like um, it's yeah. been a really awesome kind of team building activity i had been i'd always wanted to do a you know an rpg and so this was the time i got to do it and so that's been really fun to like teach me how to kind of character build and world build has been a, a positive distraction to do with other people as that which has been a helpful coping tool for me i think yes it's been a delight to hear you report back on it <laughs> hashtag nerd alert <laughs> no I remember well i at the beginning of it of the pandemic i played an rpg myself i played changeling, changeling right yeah mm -hmm. and um I, I i actually i would love to do it again sometime because i was it was my first time really like doing that and i i think you you were talking to me wasn't i think you were talking to me during that time and i was so i i like over we very was, nervous about it well i was just overthinking it and honestly if i had just like not overthought it and just like done like the first things that like came into my head it probably would have been fine but I I was still like that was the beginning of the pandemic when I was still just coming out of the like depressive episode that I'd been in so my my cognition was still like my brain was just starting to turn but I think it was even though it made me nervous I think it was good like I think it was a way for me to exercise my brain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though even though as you know I was like I'm not doing a good job um but it was really it was fun and and, and we it was something that we could be done over um you know like y'all are doing it socially distance outside and we just did it over uh a, a zoom call which is not quite, not quite the same but anyway yes RPGs great coping mechanisms <laughs> um and then We'll just uh, on over to okay how do you think that the pandemic has impacted your relationship to social media um oh, do you want me to start or you can start either, either. I don't, I mean, it's it's i i well i'll say i think at the very beginning like many people i went real hard uh on social media for a second and then I kind of, I mean, it, God, how long did I make it before I got on TikTok? Uh, probably like four months. <laughs> I think like three or four months in. Cause I, I got, I had gotten very over, I went so hard on, on Instagram mainly. I was just like on Instagram all day mm -hmm. uh, and just doom scrolling and posting and, um, and of course, you know, like I, I'm during the, the uprisings that were happening in the summer after COVID, like it, you know, that was certainly a, a way of engage, like social media engagement that was its own particular thing. Um, and then I, I got on TikTok because I was having a thing of it being difficult for me to, like, I wanted to see people that I cared about and I go on social media to see them them but then it wasn't comforting or it was scary or it was weird or I'd see people doing stuff that I was like what do you do especially at the very beginning I was mm -hmm. like I what are you doing and so I got on TikTok because 
I didn't really know anybody on TikTok, so I wasn't really going to see people in my life. And also, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I, people told me this might make me laugh. Uh, I need <laughs> dopamine badly. Or- and, and it, um, those those creepy ass algorithms uh, did their job. And um, and then as as you know, then I just just like <laughs> sending it on this. That that was then I was just down a TikTok. I uh, love your rabbit. TikTok presence. It's great. Oh thanks so much um <laughs> i i went down that rabbit hole and uh stayed down there for a minute and honestly I, i'm like what else? i was like on any other social media i guess i was but i don't i don't i don't really remember um and now i uh, i don't know my relationship to social media as is many people's is kind of perpetually fraught um and complicated and i think i have definitely gotten to a place where I recognize how truly beneficial it is for me to limit my engagement with it. Um, That if it's going to be beneficial to me, which it can be, it is beneficial to me in some ways, but I have to be careful how I use it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you know, not like, I don't want to be, I I don't want to have these too rigid about it. I just, it's just, it's like any other thing. It's like me learning to have boundaries with people I need to have boundaries with my social media use, you know, mm-hmm. just boundaries, boundaries everywhere. Um, because it, it certainly the, the negative aspects of social media, the way everything has amplified during the pandemic, that was definitely amplified also mm-hmm. and continues to be amplified. Mm-hmm. And I, and even though I intellectually know that it is a distorted reality and it's not, it's a very strange place that is driven by algorithms i and profit and capitalism it's still i'm not i'm not i mean i'm not immune to it so i i yeah those logarithms do they know that they're fucking with us somatically you know emotionally yeah and i mean i've gotten a little bit better at least speak you know because of all this trying to learn how to recognize what's happening in my body i've gotten better at being able to tell when I'm starting to have be get activated, you know, in a in a way that's not healthy by social media and 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 then being able to tell and then also doing something about it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's plenty of times when I've been like, wow, can really feel that this is this is not good. This feels bad. It feels <laughs> bad. I am still scrolling and I I still haven't put it down and it feels bad still. And then and and so now at least I I'm a little bit more oh this feels bad how about I don't keep doing it it? anymore right (laughs) how about I stop touching the the painful stimuli um stimulus whatever uh yeah so I, I I think I would actually say probably overall my relationship to social media is more um grounded and has more boundaries than it did pre covid I will but, co-sign that from the outside looking in. It seems like you've had more boundary. So. Like you've had, no, seriously though. Like it seems like you've successfully had more consistent boundaries for yourself around social media. Like I've seen you just enhance those boundaries and be have be more adaptive to the way it's impacting you. Um, I've seen that increase uh, Thank you, buddy. O- over time in the pandemic. Um, for me, well, actually, my inspiration for that. So, just oh, that makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> I 
I'm not going to say that I don't have challenges with social media like everyone else does. I do, but it's for whatever reason, it's not hard for me to like uh, tune out of social media. I actually mm-hmm. think in some ways I socially isolated. Um, like I, I think I still think that it's very good to like limit the amount of time that I'm on social media, but I think I did this thing where I just hid away um, from the world, including like people who I could have perhaps stayed connected to or just staying connected in general to like positive things. Um, And, you know, I, I just think that like, there's a old man part of me that like doesn't, that just is like stubborn about the way our communication channels are adapting and the realities of, you know, a shifting to more digital connections. Like, even though I see it happening, I am participating in it somewhat. There's just like a part of me that is really curmudgeonly about it for whatever reason. Um, And in a way that I, I don't think is good because it's like me just kind of like being a, afraid of like adapting to this like using these tools to my benefit I'm just like I need to be in real life and not the digital ether or whatever um so I don't know uh but I think that the the pandemic has like pushed me out of my comfort shell in a good way where it's like okay, if you're going to put yourself out there in these things where you want to make change in your life, you're gonna have to like put energy into connecting with people and stop using like, like the pandemic as an excuse when we've got opportunities to stay connected with people. Like I've had to kind of have that conversation with myself a little bit. Um, And I think that I'm slowly coming around to like seeing the benefits of using social media as a tool rather than just like bemoaning it as in, in evil. Um, right. Cause I, I think we can use it as a tool for positive change. If uh, you know, we are good about creating boundaries around our relationship to it. Um, so yeah, I think it's changed in that. Like I, I'm seeing more of the value of being intentional with the time that I spend on social media um, because I did connect to some people where I was like, for example, I, uh, as I've been working on learning uh, like birth work and like doula stuff, I connected to a friend who I went to high school with who's pregnant now um, and like need support. And so you know, I kind of like cold reached out to her and we've been connecting now in a way that's been very mutually beneficial. And, but like, you know, I had to really kind of like fight down my own stubborn demons about like not putting myself out there. You know, it doesn't really matter what the context is. It's more about like me being afraid to put myself out there, you know, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not using the digit, you know, the digital era that we're in as an excuse to not do that yeah yeah Uh, there's there's got there's ways to there's ways to disrupt there's always ways to disrupt 
Um, and then we also had on here, how has it impact, how has the pandemic impacted your relationship to creativity? Oh, uh, um, well, we are doing this and we did yeah. start this and like, we're the first people to ever think of starting a podcast in a pandemic. Oh my Look gosh, I know. We are original. But I will say that if, if you had told the, me this time last year that I would be trying to make a podcast, I would have been like, oh, okay. Same <laughs> like, though. So, Same though. You know. I'm so proud that, of us. Yeah. So that's been that has been something and I have gotten back to again through uh working with Anastasia Marie I have gotten back to singing regularly and I don't think that would have happened nearly as quickly if I didn't um go through that process and that has been uh a wonderful creature and now i'm gonna work and now i'm gonna try to get the guitar back into it yay please bring your voice of an angel back to the collective like i need it in my life oh you're so sweet i will and i'll do it just for you um i i think it's just i've have been reminded that it is okay for me to need and be nourished by creative play regardless of what comes out of it that just the action of of play is it, it's it's a good it's a good way for me to use my time because it's mm -hmm. really easy for me to think that whatever it is I'm doing I'm supposed to be doing not that something else you know whatever it is mm -hmm. and especially if I'm trying to do something creative and especially because I never thought of myself as having an issue with perfectionism because I think everything I do is so imperfect. And then one of my friends was like, no, no, that's how you know you're a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's because like you, you feel like everything you do is crap because it's not perfect. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, so like bumping up against my perfectionism issues and my urgency issues around creativity mm -hmm. uh, have, that's definitely happened during, during quarantine slash pandemic time. And so that I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have those um, avenues opening back up to me as a way to be in the world. <laughs> I'm grateful for that too. <laughs> How about you? Um, You've done lots of stuff, but I want to let you tell. <laughs> the weird thing is I never feel like it is a lot of stuff. It's funny that you say that because like, I know like a, objectively when I think like if I were to put on paper all the creative things that I've worked on from the start of like uh, the pandemic and shelter in place quarantine till now like it's a lot of things but I also struggle with that with perfectionism especially mm -hmm. as it relates to creativity um and I think I told myself like, okay, now's the time where you do all the creative things because we're fucking inside the house. Like that, like this is the opportune time for yeah. you to do all the things that you never had time to do. But like having that, right. Like having that sort of like, you know, like 
meanie voice like mentality about my relationship to creativity obviously is doesn't allow it to flourish um and so I think I've been having a hard lesson about like okay like what how do I negotiate trying to make creative play a practice while not being so dogged about a routine that I take the joy out of creative inspiration um Mm -hmm. and that's been a challenge like you know quite honestly it has been a challenge um but I I am I'm grateful that I think that the time spent like having more mindfulness and having more isolation and having more solitude has given me some moments be they brief and far between some moments of like really pure creative inspiration um and so I've I've been grateful to ride those waves when they come um Mm -hmm. and just like kind of like really try to be as present as possible to like ride that energy like a drug of you know um of creative inspiration and not like beat myself up about the fact that you know what comes up must come down and it's not always going to last forever that's kind of a fantasy and that like having a relationship to creativity is not having this capitalist like production oriented one is a thing that I think I've like stumbled through learning about um in pandemic and I think I've become a little bit more brave like you know like just creating this podcast with you and like fucking making the time to finally like learn how to do it which the learning curve I was so afraid that the learning curve was going to be so steep and it truly wasn't um and so when I learn (laughs) if I can do it you could do it trust me um I've seen your TikTok videos and I I've been playing around on TikTok and I don't know how to do anything so if you can do that I'm positive that you can do the podcast back in anyway uh, I interrupted you Sorry. um no but uh the last thing I'll say on creativity is that like so as I think I've talked about in this episode and maybe previous ones like I made a you know transition out of my professional career that I've been working on um since I got out of school um and have leaned into more I don't want to say creative pursuits but like uh you know I started studying um like doing doula work and I've been spending more focused time on learning about herbs and plants and herbalism um and just like spending more time on my spirituality and creativity and integrating those things um and like making it more legitimate in my life as like something that I care about and that like even if I can't figure out a way to commodify that interest that I'm just like substantiating as an important part of my like a larger part of my life than I was making time and space for previously um and like leaning into the idea that it feels good to me somatically to like spend time doing those things and that like maybe yes I very much so am ADHD but maybe the issue is not that like my issue of productivity is like a a focus oriented one and that I need to just and maybe the issue is that I need to like 
be have the flexibility to work on things that I'm able to like be focused fixated on um, because that's sort of our heart song and that it's okay when I have the capacities to be able to do that to do that and that it's not bad or wrong to like spend time and energy doing something that feels good like I always feel like I'm not allowed like I'm not yeah. allowed to, to spend time yeah. doing things that I'm interested in like those are just hobbies <laughs> well and it's I think it's hard in in such a in a context like this where because it's I I don't you know, I'm not trying, it's like, what am I trying to say? It's the way that even in, in times that are this, like, difficult and with all the ambient death, like, the extent to which trying to keep yourself someone who can be ready for what else, ever else is going to come and be able to be interdependent with one, with your mm -hmm. community. Like, I mean, because that, I, I, I guess it doesn't exactly fall under creativity exactly, but I did, I got very, I've become a lot more interested in putting both creative and just my energy in general into like local, what I can do to help people in directly close to me in my community. Mm -hmm. And that has been I mean, that that feels like a kind of creativity in terms of me changing how I'm thinking you know about where I want to put my energy and mm -hmm. and so I, I, I that loosely falls under the creativity umbrella <laughs> yeah no I think that not even loosely I think that I'm really glad that you brought that up because like I think those of us who are really trying to shape change in the words of Octavia Butler rather than let the change shape us you know we're having we're we're trying to like submit ourselves to like creatively adapting and like figuring out what that looks like in terms of our collective responsibilities to each other our accountabilities for ourselves and our self-determination like we're experienced it experimenting with all sorts of different ways to like provide care for ourselves and others um right. as, a, as a radical act and i think that that is a really important aspect of creativity in our relationship yeah. to it yeah i i think because i think that is part of what mutual aid is is is, is yeah. creative figuring out how to meet each other's needs um i know I, I i say this in multiple episodes but out outside the states um and i yeah i think that there is obviously you have to be able to try to use your brain and i mean i okay I have to try to be able to use my brain in a different way to, to think like that. And it's, it's, again, it's like, I feel like it's a, a muscle building exercise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll say that like, I try to gamify the apocalyptic energy that we're in and being like, yeah. okay, how am I gonna cope with the emotional stress that's just the ambient sort of death and emotional stress that we're in by thinking of like, okay, like how do we prep for these end times? And how do we, how do we actualize, you know, what Octavia told us in the parables, like narratives, like how do we make these, make the resilience that is 
embedded in, in us um, at a cellular level. Like how do we allow that to change, um, yeah. to change our circumstances? Um, something that I have been trying to sort of uplift as a hopeful point in all of this, um, all of these shenanigans. Um, yeah. You have any last advice for our listeners about, I don't know, how to continue coping through what is still a pandemic? I don't mean to say so shadily, but just what oh, it no. is. <laughs> there is still a pandemic happening, very much so. It's, I would, yes, it, it, there is a pandemic still going on. And I would say, I mean, that's one of my main things is to, uh, I always want to say things that I feel like sound very trite and universal, but holding the balance of this being absolutely horrifying and also trying to figure out how you can experience joy in, in whatever ways <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and have, you know, have that, that both and going on um, all the time which I guess isn't advice. It's more like me saying what I'm going to continue to try to do, I guess. Yeah, because... no, it's a both hand. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't really know what else I, I, I mean, I would say if, if I think when, if there's energy to be given to one's local community, I think that's kind of important, especially imp- it's always important, but especially you know right now (laughs) how Um, about you well one thing I've been thinking about that is kind of some symbolism from things that I am learning in my like doula training is that so when a person goes into active labor um especially when it's unmedicated uh the one of the coping one of the prominent coping mechanisms that will sort of spontaneously happen is that a person will develop their own rituals. So they'll sort of like do, you know, like it might be a vocal uh, like coping strategy or ritual where it'll be like a repetitive sound or movement or like swaying or both, you know, just like some kind of like, kind of like stimming, but like (laughs) through the birthing process, you know, a way of, of just kind of like finding your, your own routine, your own, uh, just like your own coping, like somatic coping strategy with the sheer force of what's happening. And I wouldn't, what I'm doing and what I would encourage others to do is to like, you know, uh, put energy into like figuring out what ritual looks like for you. Um, you know, for me, it's been definitely, making more time and space for like spiritual practice and ritual and like integrating that into like my care network um, and how I relate to other people but also just like things like for example my sister and I we especially around Halloween and Christmas we there's like movies that are like our movies that we watch with each other and we know the words of and we just have our inside jokes about and so this is her first year at college and the other day I was like so we always watch the Hall the Disney Channel original Halloween Town movies I mean hashtag Disney is trash but whatever <laughs> um we, yeah. we watch 
we're like obsessed with the Halloween Town movies, um, which are like you know B movies at best. But nevertheless, <laughs> we uh, we love those movies. It's almost like we should just like get on Zoom and like and I'll stream the Halloween Town movie and we can like watch that because she's you know it's her first semester at uh, at college, you know, away from home. Oh. But like you know things like that, like. I think sometimes because the you know our digital tools are so pervasive we can almost forget like how accessible we can be to one another um and so I would just encourage folks to sort of you know put time and energy into seeing how you might adapt your own kind of rituals or make new ones that you sort of like start as a as an effort to like cope through this time um maybe this is like something that an ADHD person with like some mild OCD would say, but I'm all about the ritual, like truly. Yeah, ritual can be very soothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you for listening and catch us Thanks, when we make a new one. <laughs> yes, please do come back whenever we come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good night. Bye. Love you all. Thank you.